0: George Ezra there George Ezra I should say And blame it on me So I'm here with the lovely Alex Randall Good morning Alex
1: Good morning Richard Thanks uh, for having me on
0: <laughs> It almost sounds like the Tailenders podcast again So thank you for having <laughs> me on the radio Thank you for having me on here It's great uh, So uh, how are you doing today?
1: I'm very good thank you Yeah very good
0: Good 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 So uh, so you're here representing the Bath Rugby Foundation uh, I'll be honest with you I hadn't even heard of it before uh, I we spoke and everything So uh, can you tell us a bit more about the Bath Rugby Foundation?
1: Yeah of course um, So we are the... Charitable organisation of the rugby club. Um, We were formed back in 2003 after England won the World Cup. Um, And basically, the purpose of us is to be in the community. Um, A lot of our work is in Bath and North East Somerset, and out into Wiltshire. But the idea is to empower vulnerable people to enable them to have opportunities that they might not necessarily get normality. And then we take them on a pathway of building their confidence, developing their life skills and then promoting and growing their independence to hopefully make some great sustainable changes in their life.
0: So is this generally for the younger people, is it?
1: Yeah, so we're a young person's charity. Okay. Um, we go across um, primary, secondary into colleges as well. So we have, yeah, the youngest we probably work with is five years old in primary school setting up until um, past sort of post-21 years old, um, helping them with employability stuff into adult life
0: yeah, I was going to say, lots of people when they get to the later teens, they almost get dropped off, don't they? It's that moment of leaving school and then kind of who's looking after them if they left college, and it's kind of that non-entity. So, so your organisation helps with all of that.
1: Yeah, so we have sort of um, two sort of strands. So we have um, an alternative learning education centre, which is in partnership with Bath College. Okay, um, and these are for students who have basically come out of mainstream education, um, and they come to us and organisation. To get sort of foundational-based skills, um, and then work towards sort of basic entry-level GCSEs. Okay. And then we have um, an outreach um, team, which is the one I'm a part with, and we go into um, yeah colleges, primary and secondary schools, um, and other community settings. To like I said, and all of all of our projects are on that pathway of developing confidence, uh, developing their life skills and then promoting uh, their independence after that.
0: I was having a uh, meeting with the chap that um, runs the area of Hayesfield Girls School and he was saying that you guys get involved involved up there as well so what type of stuff do you do with schools like that
1: yeah so um the latest thing we've done there we've done a project called project rugby it's um completely funded by premiership rugby and gallagher okay um it's a nationally recognized program so out of the 13 premiership clubs everyone has um a project rugby sort of strand to their foundation and the idea is to take um students who have never thought about rugby before and sort of introduce them a different concept be really creative with the sort of activities we're running and then develop those skills to think oh that i can actually i can do this and now i have some self-belief and maybe i'd like to try a local rugby club and then we try and transition and retain them at those local rugby club okay so um hayesfield a big success for us this year is we've set up a, a new girls team at Coomdown down rugby club and that was off the basis of going into hayesfield Delivering some sessions and then sort of sparking some interest from a number of year 9, 10 students there, and then obviously getting them to a rugby club space, which now is offering them another opportunity. In the community, so although it's a rugby project, it's more about their sort of social opportunities rather than yeah creating the next best rugby player, I guess. Well, it's
0: social skills, it's being part of a team, it's being around other people, and I know certainly a lot of people that are struggling with social anxiety uh, they wouldn't necessarily put themselves forward for that. So you're kind of creating this pathway for helping them all out.
1: Yeah, and um, I think the biggest thing for us as well is that family engagement, we're trying to get to as well. We're trying to offer a space for both um, child and their families to go to and you know make new friends and introduce them to new people and some of our projects we run a um a project called breakout which is a holiday activity provision which provides multi-sport offerings and um preschool meals for um children outside of obviously their school their schooling during the summer holidays or easter holidays christmas um and that's another great project that again brings the community together and helps sort of um offers participants and their um, their parents that opportunity to be involved and have some support network with us throughout those times
0: it's that moment isn't it when you're at the sideline as a parent i'm a parent of four children none of them play rugby i'm afraid but um well not yet i should say you never know anything's possible um and you kind of standing there in the cold in the winter and, yeah, having the support network of having other people around you that are doing the same thing and then you can kind of create those new social groups, which I think is uh, great for parents as well, so uh, not just the young children. So you're kind of helping both ends of the spectrum, really, aren't you?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely, and we're, we're trying to remove as many barriers as possible and change sort of the the way that sort of society maybe looks at the groups of people that, that we work with um, and actually to sort of open up all these community spaces for everybody um and try and yeah remove those barriers that actually might prevent people from going and showing them that there are options for them and there are other support networks that they can all access within obviously within bath and the surrounding areas well it sounds
0: like you're doing a fantastic job and uh, i know we spoke just briefly off air about how long you've been there for and we're going to find out much more about alex when we come back after this Sing along, everyone. Now, I'll be honest with you, that was uh, Alex's request. So uh, I, t- I, I seem to fit in a Beatles track every single session. And uh, that was not top of my list, if I'm honest with you, Alex. But uh, but you like the Yellow Submarine?
1: I do, I do. I, I feel like uh, I listened to it with my young daughter. So I think this is... I had to put it in there. But, yeah, sorry for, for everybody <laughs> who had to go through that.
0: I don't mind the Yellow Submarine. It's one of the only ones that Ringo sings on. And uh, I think he wrote it. I'm not really sure. I, I've, I've, I have a Beatles expert that no doubt tell me... Uh, uh, all about who wrote the yellow submarines we discussed quite a lot who wrote the songs of john or paul or even george harrison writing the odd song but i think that might have been a ringo song who knows <laughs> who knows but it's a good track um right so we're going to talk a bit about you this time okay so uh so yeah you work for the bath round rugby foundation if you do have any questions by the way if you want to email in at studio at radio always happy for some questions for alex here who's from the bath rugby foundation so uh so how did you get into it
1: yeah sure so um so sort of, I went to University, uh, University of South Wales, and I did a sports, sports science, and coaching degree. And then from there, I thought the pathway for me was always going to be sort of performance sports, so academies and everything else um but then i moved around quite a bit i went from cardiff to london and then in london i worked in retail okay and then i went up I love to the fact
0: that you say worked in retail what does that actually mean that's a bit like saying i'm a yeah I'm a, i can't think what it is i'm a <laughs> service advisor or whatever it is
1: no so i was a store manager okay um Yeah, many moons ago. It feels like a different lifetime ago. And I worked for Abercrombie & Fitch. Okay. And then I moved to newcastle Plantine with my family. And um, I don't have a Geordie accent. I'm just completely borrowed. But I was up there for five years. Okay. And in there, that's when I started sort of going back down the sports pathway. So I ended up doing a master's in strength and conditioning. Right. Um, So still very much on the academy pathway. uh, Worked a bit for an internship with Newcastle Falcons um, for the academy and then I started working for Newcastle Foundation and what used to be called Rockets Community Foundation and we that was rugby league based and okay. I so was on the other side of the coin I guess in terms of rugby and that was where I really got my first taste so of community sport and I was going out into primary schools, secondary schools teaching rugby and um, that's where I really fell in love with it and I sort of from that moment I knew that I didn't want to go down performance anymore. And I was finding a lot more personal benefit Mm. from being in the community, which was great. And then um, it was COVID. I think this was round one at this point. Um, Unfortunately, I got made redundant. And then uh, opportunity came up for Bath Rugby Foundation. I applied, travelled down for the interview from Newcastle, drove back, um, got the role. And then me and uh, my wife, we just gave up everything in Newcastle and came down to give it a go and uh, here we are and and we're happy and been here for two years and yeah feel like we'll be here for for a long time
0: good the wonderful city of Bath which is slightly different to Newcastle
1: yes very much so Um, (laughs) yeah different sports focus, definitely Um, yes obviously very football mad up there Um, yeah so
0: Bath is a rugby rugby city isn't it yes Um, in the main uh, whereas Newcastle obviously would be the football up the tune and all of that yes so (laughs) so, yeah so alex is sat in front of me and and i'll be honest with you he looks slightly fitter than i am um which depresses me slightly but uh, i'm guessing you played rugby as well
1: yeah i started playing rugby um since i was 10 it's always noted that not very well um but i've always been around it um played for a number of teams and yeah just the the values of it and just being it gave me a lot as a as a young person um sort of growing up it gave me Friendship circles, a focus, in terms of training and health and lifestyle. It gave it gave me really sort of honed in on that, ah. and um, and now I feel very fortunate. I'm in a position where my full time job is is basically living the dream that I had when I was yeah. a little boy. So yeah, I'm very feel very fortunate.
0: That's amazing, and I'm I'm trying to picture which position in the main I'm going to make a wild guess. You weren't into forwards?
1: No, no, I, I don't have uh, yeah the frame or, or the ears for that. So. <laughs> the cauliflower
0: ears it always looks really painful
1: it does it does but um, yeah they're very important to the team so I'm not going to knock that position in any means no
0: they are the foundation so which positions did you generally play then
1: Um, so I played in the centre quite a lot and and normally on the wing Um, so yeah well away from what probably you think the action is but yeah out on those positions
0: now I have said this before because we had uh, Charlie Minty who was an artist who was also a rugby player Uh, he was a second row and uh, so I, I did announce this before if you did hear this before I do apologise, but I'm going to ask you the same question. Which position do you think I used to play? So I had Hampshire trials at the age of 16 in rugby. Which position do you think I played?
1: Oh, nice. Okay, um, I think you were fly half.
0: Fly half. Yeah, I was loosehead prop. so <laughs>
1: good couldn't, guess.
0: Couldn't be the opposite. So uh, see, so yeah, I was I was a chunky lad, shall we say? Uh, so yeah. Um, so regarding the foundation, then, so what's your actual role in the foundation in the main?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm schools delivery officer. So I oversee um, any project that basically is to do with mainstream primary school secondary school or into colleges Um, we run different projects in accordance with that but each of the projects are designed to increase physical activity and participation reduce social isolation and again sort of develop skills and see if there's opportunities for young people to access sport in their local area so it might be that um, for instance we've done a lot of work at caution primary and we've had a number of young people or young children from there who have ended up going to Caution Football Club and Corsham Rugby Club. So although we're Rugby Foundation, we try and remove barriers and promote sort of that independence for young people. If we feel like there's an opportunity that they want to access, we try our best to network within the local area to make sure that those, you know, that pathway is in place for them and they can go and attend and yeah, remove maybe that initial barrier of making that initial contact or conversation with someone.
0: Yeah I mean a lot of rugby is seen as being really physical um, and not necessarily for young people because they're they're going to be scared of getting injured or anything like that so how does it kind of apply to young people? So believe it or not a lot of people won't realise how rugby is implemented in schools. Um, is it full physical touch all the time? How does it work?
1: Yeah sure so I think there's there's different layers to to all of it so rugby is as general has a, a lot of offering for for everybody. So, You can play tag rugby, you can play touch rugby, there's walking rugby. So what's the difference between tag and touch rugby for those that aren't aware? Yeah, so tag would be with the tag belts, um, primarily what you see at sort of primary school age. So you'd wear a tag belt with two tags on sort of your hip and um, obviously to make a sort of tackle as such, a tag would be removed from the hip by another player grabbing it and then the ball would then be passed off and played. Something that we really promote at the foundation is called Mixed Ability Rugby. Okay. Um, mixed Ability Rugby is open to absolutely everybody. And within that mixed ability, you have contact players and touch players. So it opens up to everybody because if you have um, a physical disability or you have you are self-employed and you can't afford to play rugby anymore, you you're coming back to the game because you've had too many knee injuries or head injuries from physical contact Mixability Rugby allows you to come and play as part of the same team um, representing that team having that team identity uh, together but you can play the match as if well w- under your limitations so mm. it means that for me I could put a red scrum hat on and that's how typically we identify our touch players they would wear an item of clothing. it doesn't have to be a scrum hat it can be a brightly coloured bib but that distinguished them as a touch player. So if you have, you were a touch player, I would make a touch on you and that'd be two-handed. You would go down to the floor and present the ball. Okay. Whereas if you played and you still wanted that physical at, like attribute of the game, hmm. which some people still do, um, it allows you to still play contact but in a more controlled manner. So again, it just opens up for everybody. And we run four different clubs okay. um, and help have supported them. And... They've been really successful. And in terms of bringing players to the game, um, it brings, there's a club up at Walcott. And I was going to say,
0: where are these clubs? Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I'm quite interested myself. Um I say, I used to play rugby. I haven't played for a long time. Uh, and the reason for that, I know this is mainly for young people, but I'm just intrigued anyway, um, is because, you know, I'm a dance teacher and I can't afford to go out on a Saturday afternoon and get my body clattered because I need my body for my work. Um, so, yeah, having a mixed ability like that, I've never heard of it before. So, uh, so yeah, where are the clubs?
1: Yeah, so we have, um, there's two based in Bath. So there's the Walcott Warriors, which are based up at Lansdowne, we have the Bath Lady Trojans. They're based on London Road, and they're, um, like I said, a women's only mixability ability team. We have the Melcham Stags based in Wiltshire, and we have Yeovil. So, okay. quite well spread. Um, and but, like like you're saying, there, if you wanted to still play rugby, then there's an opportunity for you to come and be part of that team yeah. and play to the level that you'd like to play. Um, but they're amazing. Teams and concepts because you know, you've got a mix of Walcott Warriors, for instance, there's a player pool about 30 plus players, and they, um, the atmosphere is amazing. But the everybody there is just so part of it, and mm. the young people that are there as part of it, or the people who are still playing, they have such passion and sort of pride for playing for the Walcott Warriors, and that's the same across all the other three teams that I mentioned. But there's a real sense of identity and guess linking back to the foundation there's it's a it's something that we've supported to offer people another sort of community space and somewhere they can go and feel a part of that identity which has been amazing
0: i think post-covid as well it's really important for people to be part of these communities um you have the the classic of the church communities and you know what we love about dancing is that it's it's another community Uh, and this sounds like yet another community which people can be part of and it's something which the foundation is supporting um which is a fantastic thing, if I'm honest with you. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, we're going to have a little break for music. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the campaigns that the Foundation run as well. And uh, Alex isn't going to get away with a quick fire round. He's going to get that at some point as well. So we'll be back after this. Somebody said you've got a new friend. You don't see me stay. So you're back with Richard Boveson here and Alex Randall. Now, more importantly, we've got the update from my uh, my Beatles expert uh, about whether whether uh, who wrote the uh, Yellow Submarine. Now, apparently John wrote the verses. Paul wrote the chorus for Yellow Submarine. OK, so this is for Alex's knowledge. And the only songs that Ringo wrote are Don't Pass Me By and Octopus's Garden, although he sang on a few more than that. So thank you for my uh, my Beatles expert coming in with that. Um, so we're back with Alex. Um, so there's lots of campaigns. I was looking on Facebook about Bath City, about Bath Rugby Foundation, I should say, and uh, there's loads of different campaigns. So can you tell me a few more, a bit more about those, please?
1: Yeah. So the sort of the latest one that we've launched is the Lose the Labels campaign. Okay. Um, that was that came to basically life and launched on Foundation Day, which was during the Bath versus London Irish match a couple of uh, weeks ago. Should I ask how that match went? No, okay. I wouldn't. If but that's okay. They're not having a great season, are they? No, they're not doing. We're not doing too great, but I think um, I'm, I'm sure there's many Bar fans on here. It's it's all transitional and it's okay. all rebuilding, and um, I'm sure maybe people are going to comment about that. But um, it's just the way that we're rebuilding at the moment. I mean, the Gallagher bremership as a whole is going under a lot of. You know, two clubs have gone redundant this year yeah. and gone completely under. So. I think it's just it's going to take a bit of time to rebuild, but at least unfortunately, you know, we're, we're fortunate we're not in the position of some of the other clubs that have gone.
0: And am I right? There's no relegation this year.
1: No relegation this year. I think there's going to be um, a not, launch a couple of years, but n-
0: not saying that Bath are bottom or anything.
1: No, no. But we're getting Finn Russell, so let's okay. uh, let's let's keep positive. Absolutely, <laughs> that's fantastic, player. So
0: back to the campaigns.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, we have our lose the labels campaign and the purpose of the lose the labels campaign is just for we're trying to promote societal change on the way that people some people view others and the idea is that some people that we've worked with have gone through really hard times have gone through a hard schooling system have been excluded from community groups or opportunity because of you know some personality or the what that the way they are lose the labels is just to basically show them that actually they are completely their own person and mm. it doesn't matter what's happened to them before or the condition they have now or whatever it is that actually they they are they offer so much and they can offer so much into that community and the lose the labels campaign is a way for people to support our work to enable us to have a wider reach to to everybody across baines northeast Sunset and wiltshire
0: i always use the word yet at the end of any sentence if you haven't done something Yet. And I think that's really important for anybody that's got any label that's on their head or not on their head to say, you know, I don't speak Russian yet. There's nothing stopping me doing that though. And I think what the foundation is giving is that opportunity. And that's what's missing for a lot of people. So basically, what you're saying is everything can be achieved by anybody. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And, you know, there will be some people will determine what's achievable for them. But we're trying to show everybody that actually the great things can be achieved by by everybody and just because someone's gone through a bad time maybe in mainstream education Mm. well you know they come to the the alternative learning center that we have and suddenly they've come out with GCSE maths and English and you know maybe people have viewed that previously as that maybe never been possible but now they're you know on the way to getting the job they sort of want to do and I think That can be, that's just one example of a label that can be placed on someone. Um, But yeah, we're, again, our purpose is to give opportunities for people who are vulnerable and maybe wouldn't get those opportunities and try and promote that self belief in them that actually they can go and achieve things if they're right application and some people are there to support them on the way
0: now no doubt when you came from Newcastle to Bath you had an image of what Bath was like you know we've got the circle you've got everything that's about the Abbey and everything that Bath is an incredibly glamorous city but not all of Bath is glamorous is it
1: no and that that was a really big learning from for, for me um, like you said the perception of Bath is um, it, obviously it's a beautiful city it's a very affluent area and that was my impression and then the work that I started was in you know some of the areas of deprivation and the sort of equality gap between the the two is, is so big and it made me realize that actually there there's a lot of need within the community and actually we we are trying to serve a bit of a purpose by you know promoting the opportunities that we have and providing those community spaces and the social opportunities but also the sort of development opportunities with some educational setting or or programs and even if people don't want to access them then that's absolutely fine but the offering is is there if if they do, you know, so...
0: So I'm just imagining the scenario. So you mentioned about the, the alternative school that you've got. Mm. So where is that based?
1: That's based at uh, the Bath Wreck. At the also. Rec. Yeah, so it's based at the Wreck.
0: So again, I'm just trying to think of a, of a teenager and just putting that hat on of being a teenager that's really struggled in mainstream school, which there are thousands of them that do that. They get overwhelmed, anxiety and all of that. And they're going, right, I'm going to drop out of school or I can go to the Wreck and do some some learning and get me those essential grades that are absolutely needed to get on to college whatever it may be and i'm thinking in my head that sounds quite cool
1: yeah i mean it's that they, they do a great job down there in terms of um what what that team facilitates and gets out of the young people that come down to them and um i think the most important things is it's very tailored to that individual and that young person so it's very much there's You know, a good handful of people of students and young people that come onto the program every single year. Right. But the the staff down there really tailor to those individuals, and even though there's a mix of wants and you know needs and everything else, they're really trying to get the best for that young person. And we understand that for for them, actually, rugby's not enough for them. You know, it's not enough of an interest for them, but Mm. actually the investment that we're giving them and that opportunity to really try and go on and gain something that they want which they didn't initially think is achievable is what we're really trying to to harness and the rugby's just in the background as as the you know the nice bit that maybe they want to access later
0: so if if somebody was struggling in school for instance and they were listening to the show right now and they're thinking you know that sounds like an amazing thing how would they go about it is it done by the schools how's it how does it work
1: yeah so some of it's on um like a referral system from the schools um so normally it's for young people who are on that sort of pathway or exclusion or have been excluded um to give them that opportunity again um the obviously ultimate game for us is to um, take students out who are on that pathway. We have a project that they come to us for a full academic year and then the idea is that they can then be integrated back into mainstream school if that's that's suitable for them. But it just goes back to it needs to be suitable for that young person and we're trying to um, create opportunities and pathways for everybody bespoke to what they're looking for Um, because for some people mainstream, mainstream education isn't isn't for them and you know that's that's fine and we we'll do our best to try and you know find out figure out with that young person you know very centered approach what they want out of life and what how can we get them there
0: and how do, how do you feel about the fact that you must have seen some people in your programs that you've been running um are kind of almost giving up on life and then you guys have interjected and then there's somebody else how, how do you feel about that
1: yeah i think um ultimately we that our purpose is to try and do the best that we can for, for for people and um you know we've had some great success stories and stuff that maybe it hasn't quite worked out but actually they've gone on to do other things and that, that's absolutely fine and that's why even though we're we're doing what we're doing in the community we're aware that there are other external partners and providers that are doing great work as well and it's a case of actually are we in the best position to support that young person and if we're not well we we have a network of people actually that could maybe help that person so it's not just you know there's no help there and we're going to leave them to go back into the, the cycle we try and find different avenues and pathways actually to try and to try and help them that's
0: amazing I I say it's lots of people in the whole community trying to trying to come together to help which is fantastic well we're going to have a little break now for the news and stuff and uh, afterwards we're going to come back with our quick fire round but very quickly what is the website for the Bath City for Bath Rugby Foundation
1: yeah sure so it's the Bath Rugby Community Foundation Um, if anyone was interested we're we're always looking on to take volunteers on to sort of promote and help deliver the work that we are and there's a, a volunteer um Form like application form on the website and uh, there's instructions on there how how to get involved and yeah like i said welcome anybody who who feels like they could really bring something um to our organization
0: yeah so donations or just help
1: basically yeah absolutely absolutely okay we'll be back after this
0: oasis some wonder wall it will finish at some point there it goes right we're on to the last little bit now with alex the lovely alex randall who's here from bath rugby foundation so we're on to our quick fire round uh, so There's says nine questions coming up for you now alex are you ready for this
1: yeah i think so i'll ask as honestly i'll answer as honestly as i can
0: oh uh, yes yeah absolutely right so here's the first one then favorite ice cream
1: um Oh, pistachio, but that makes me sound a little bit posh. So, yeah, pistachio. Are you posh? No, I don't think so, but maybe <laughs> with that answer.
0: <laughs> and Nobody's answered pistachio yet, so that's a, that's a nice one. There we so go. It's the same question for everyone, just to let you know. Are you tidy or messy?
1: Tidy. Tidy, okay. Love or hate roller coasters? Hate hate why um i feel i get sort of travel like motion sickness so anything like which flips me upside down is not good for me
0: i have a tip for you travel sickness pills
1: uh, yeah and what with the wristbands with yeah the beads? The wristbands can help yeah, yeah no i just stay clear of those don't know <laughs> why
0: <laughs> fair enough i always uh, take the travel sickness pills the downside is it does make you slightly drowsy oh so, uh, so yeah you're just there going everything's <laughs> going round. right hardest question now okay excluding social media no messaging no music no nothing like that is there a game on your phone that you play the most
1: Oh, I'm really into Wordle, Okay. Um, obviously for the New York Times, yeah, so I do that um, every evening before I go to sleep. That's your
0: kind of chillax moment. Yeah, I have so to Wordle. Yeah,
1: switch the brain to something.
0: And are there times when you don't manage to get the word?
1: No, I haven't yet, but I, if I'm getting close to the end, I'll ask my wife to, to help, okay. she's very good at words and numbers. So. And she's
0: really impressed with that moment, you're lying in bed together, just trying to relax, and then you're like, can you give us a hand on this Wordle?
1: Yeah, she feels quite sort of grateful that I'm asking her, but I also celebrate when I do it on my own. So, you know, I take a lot of pride in, in the Wordle.
0: Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, do you make your bed in the morning?
1: Yes. Why? Oh, I'm very tidy, so I like to, you know, reset, I guess.
0: This isn't one of the questions. Do you have any cushions on your bed? Extra cushions? Extra cushions. No, yeah.
1: no, not in that. Oh. I haven't done that yet.
0: Well done. Keep it that way. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Uh, what's your favourite breakfast? Oh, favourite breakfast is Porridge. Porridge. The second person said Porridge. Mm. So, yeah. Porridge. There we go. Uh, You don't have to, but what is your favourite go-to karaoke song?
1: Oh, um, I actually go for What Makes You Beautiful by One Direction, Um, just because I know the words.
0: Okay, so are you going to give us a little burst
1: now? I I won't, because, you know, I've already played Yellow Submarine. I don't think I can (laughs) sing as well. Not very good. (laughs) Uh,
0: Favourite TV programme?
1: Oh... um,
0: Gavin and Stacey, uh, classic. We actually just started rerunning all of them in one go. Yeah, um, just to try and rewatch it all again. Amazing. And, uh, yeah, it is an amazing program. And here's your last question then, Alex. So uh, if you came back in your next life as an animal, which one would you be and
1: why? Oh, um, I'm going to say. Well, I personally love dogs. I don't know if that's a good answer. That's a fine answer. But yeah, you I love can't dogs. Be wrong. Yeah, okay. I mean, I like fresh air and walks, so maybe that's what i got to go for.
0: <laughs> and somebody else to pick up your uh, your waist.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Which is... What type of dog would you be? Um,
1: I would be a Border Collie. A
0: Border Collie, they are beautiful dogs. So, uh, Alex, thank you so much for coming in today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, no, very enjoyable, so thank you. And remind us again, just who do you work for and how can people get involved?
1: Yeah, so um, Bath Rugby Community Foundation, um, if anyone would like to get involved, we have a volunteers um, application form on, the, on our website um or if anyone would like to make any donations um they can make donations via the website as well
0: and what is the website again for us
1: it's Bath rugby Community Foundation, uh, dot com.
0: fantastic well thank you so much for coming in today really appreciated it and uh, you never know you might see me on the mixed ability rugby field at some point soon yeah
1: that would be good i hope so <laughs> thank you very much thank you